feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, the race has just been called. Tom Swazi, former congressman from New York, has regained his seat and flipped the George Santos seat because, of course, he was expelled and Republican. Now it will go back to a Democrat. And just a little bit ago, Mozzie Pillup who is the county legislature running on the Republican ticket, an amazing life story, uh, an IDF Israeli Defense Forces fighter, Ethiopian Jew, uh, came to this country 17 years ago, and she came out and conceded. Here are what she said. We are fighters. Yes, we lost, but it doesn't mean we're going to end here. I did. I did call my opponent. I congratulated him. And again, with about right now, 87 percent of the voting in Tom Swazi, 54.2 percent and Mozzie Pillup, 45.8 percent. But as you heard, the race has been called. It was called fairly quickly after a number of the votes came in, especially from Nassau County. And also other big news tonight. Here's some more. Breaking news. And again, as you may have just heard on this very busy news night here on the Rita Cosby Show, just a little bit ago, Alejandro Mayorkas, the Homeland Security Secretary, has now been impeached. The vote came. This is the second one by the GOP-led House of Representatives. Remember, it was tight the first time, but it failed. And that was 214 to 216 the first time a week ago. Well, Steve Scalise, uh, the minority, uh, the majority leader there, came back and wasn't feeling well, but came back because he knew his vote was critical. And just a little bit ago, the House of Representatives has impeached Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. The vote was razor thin, 214 to 213. He now becomes, this is the second cabinet secretary in American history to ever be impeached. There are two articles of impeachment stemming from what they say are high crimes and misdemeanors and all stemming from the wide open southern border and northern border. We know through the both borders, there have been about 10 million people crossing under President Biden. Of course, the Homeland Security Secretary is overseeing the borders. They also say that he lied before Congress by stating facts about the border that they say he knew were lies to misrepresented to Congress. That is also an impeachable offense. Now those articles will go over to the Senate in the next few days or next few weeks. The Senate, of course, is not expected to actually remove Alejandro Mayorkas because the Democrats hold a decent majority there 
and they always seem to vote party line vote. So it is not expected to pass in the Senate and actually go to the removal process. But what it does say is now he has become the second cabinet secretary in American history to ever be impeached. The last time this happened was 1876. So this is a stunning moment. And here's the actual vote that went down just a little bit ago. Take a listen. On this vote, the yeas are 214 and the nays are 213. The resolution is adopted. Pursuant to Section 2A of House Resolution 996, House Resolution 995 is hereby adopted. And it was a dramatic moment, but again, at this point, it is a symbolic vote. But I believe it was a necessary vote. Your thoughts, everybody, on that? 1-800-848-9222. What an incredible night this has been. Uh, We have Alejandro Mayorkas, the Homeland Security Secretary. He has now just been impeached and also results coming in in the last few minutes that Democrat Tom Suozzi is flipping the George Santos seat. This is an enormous news night here on the Rita Cosby Show. And let's go right now to Congressman Anthony D'Esposito from the great state of New York. Uh, Congressman D'Esposito, thank you for being here. Let's first go to the news that just came in about Tom Suozzi flipping that Republican seat. That's a biggie, and that's obviously a big loss to the Republican parties. Your thoughts? Yeah, you know, it's it's not the night we expected, but I think Mozzie ran a great race. I think she exposed Tom Suozzi for the liar uh, that he is. The fact that he has voted with President Biden 100 percent of the time, voted with the squad over 90 percent of the time. And now he's going to have to really face the facts in Congress and we'll see how his votes are. Uh, he's tried to claim that he's a moderate. He wanted to build coalitions and build bridges. Uh, and now uh, he'll have that opportunity working with three other uh, conservative Republicans from Long Island. Yeah. So how is it going to be with him? Um, because, yes, he has voted. If you look at his history, Congressman, he's voted with Biden every single time. He did try to distance himself. Did you notice that? Of course, during the campaign, Biden oh, didn't I, I come there. It was like Biden it. who? I mean, I mean, I think Joe Biden and the administration had asked if uh, if he wanted to have the president come to the district and campaign. And the simple answer from the Swazi uh, camp was no. So I think that that speaks volumes as to where uh, President Biden's approval rating is, even in districts like mine and like the third, uh, where Biden won uh, with substantial numbers back in 2020. I think it's a different Bi- Joe Biden. It's a different America. Uh, and I truly believe that the Republicans are on the right side of the issues. What does it say about the loss tonight? Um, obviously, it's early, but but your thoughts, were you surprised? And, and what do you think? Do you think anything had to do with, I, I bring up the weather because obviously Republicans still tend to do better on day of. Uh, Democrats tend to do better on absentee. There was a big snowstorm, lots of crazy weather. How much do you think that may have played a role? And, and what do you it, think it, it was? It definitely played a role. I mean, you, you, we woke up this morning. Um, and, uh, you know, the snow was coming down and there was a decent amount of snow on the ground mid morning. And, and that's really when, you know, Republicans, especially the elder Republicans, the senior citizens who get out uh, and vote. You have parents who m- many of our polling places are at schools. They drop their kids off to school and vote. 
um, you know, that wasn't the case. Schools were closed, so they weren't dropping their kids off. Seniors were, uh, you know, hindered by the fact that they had to shovel themselves out. Um, so, yeah, it, it was uh, there was some voter fatigue. I think, you know, after midday when the when the sun came out and the roads were clear, uh, we did the best work that we could in the places where we usually do great. Uh, and we saw great numbers, but uh, it just wasn't enough to catch up. And I think that this is a, a clear exercise of uh, the reason as to why Republicans need to embrace early voting. Yeah, I agree, by the way, uh, because it's so difficult to catch up. I mean, I think about even in the Fetterman case. I mean, that was an extreme example, but everybody suddenly saw him out there uh, on the debate stage. Remember that moment? And they're like, uh, uh, uh. And at that point, many of them had already done so much absentee. Uh, no, nobody could actually catch up. And that was, of course, in Pennsylvania. But that was an enormous uh, enormous surprise when they saw him on the debate stage, not even able to articulate his message at that point. And of course, you can't take your vote back. I mean, uh, so that is a perfect example. Let's go to what does this mean to the House now, Congressman D. Esposito? What does this mean to the razor thin margin that you have? And as we saw, even with the vote tonight to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas, it passed by just one vote. Yeah, I mean, listen, the, my colleagues from Long Island, myself, Andrew Garbarino, Nick Lalota, we voted to impeach Secretary Mayorkas, and we got on the first plane back uh, to Nassau County, back to Long Island, to show support for Mozzie, and, and we're here uh, tonight. And uh, I would say that, you know, we don't regret the decision that we made to move forth the expulsion of George Santos. Obviously, we're getting criticized uh, by people, you know, in our party that we should have left him there, that he was a Republican vote. Uh, I firmly believe, and I know that my colleagues agree, that if, if we're going to be the party of holding those accountable, if we're going to hold people like Mayorkas accountable, if we want to move forward on an impeachment inquiry on the Biden crime family, if, if that's the work that we're doing to hold people accountable, then we need to do our best to hold our own accountable. Um, so I don't regret one bit, and I know my colleagues don't regret one bit, uh, moving forward on the expulsion of George Santos. Uh, you know, his trial would have began just in September, right moving into the general election in November. And quite frankly, we heard from people in the third congressional district. I mean, there was polls done where nearly 70% of the people who lived in the third congressional district felt that they weren't being represented uh, by George Santos. So I stand by the decision that we made. It may not be the popular one, uh, but I lay my head on my pillow uh, very easily tonight, knowing that we made the best decision and we did the right thing for not only the constituents of the third congressional district, but for our party and for the country. And uh, Congressman, also, let's talk about uh, on the flip side, Senator Menendez. He's still getting, I think, intelligence briefings, isn't he? And and yet look at the uh, accusations against him. Absolutely. And you know what? That's a perfect example as to why the Democrats should hold their own accountable. And uh, I think that, again, if we're going to point fingers and we're going to talk about people needed to be needed, needing to be held accountable, uh, then we need to, to make sure that we police our own house. And I think we did that. Uh, and again, I, we stand by our decision. Um, obviously, the, the result tonight wasn't the one we wanted, um, but uh, making sure that the people of the third congressional district are represented, whether it's by a Republican. Uh, obviously, we thought Mozzie did a great job. She ran a great campaign and she would have been uh, a dynamite representative for the third congressional district. But I've said it before. I, I, I made a career in the NYPD um, and uh, I sat in the back of cars with people from 
uh, you know, different uh, economic backgrounds, different color skin, different religions. Uh, and at the end of the day, my life depended on them and theirs on me. And I will work with everyone and anyone to deliver for Long Island and for New York. And by the way, everybody who's listening to this just holds the seat um, until the Santos, his term was ending in early January. So there will be still yet another election come Election Day, correct? A- absolutely. And and this is an opportunity for you know, we'll see where uh, where Tom Swazi is. We'll see if he really puts uh, his, uh, his his money, so to speak, where his mouth is. And if he stands by uh, all of the uh, the things that uh, he talked about during this this campaign, is he going to be a coalition builder? Is he going to be uh, moderate? Is he going to uh, distance himself from people like, uh, you know, Omar and uh, Rashida Tlaib and AOC? Because uh, now he has nowhere to hide. The, the light is shining uh, and his voting card will tell a very different story. Yeah, you're right. They'll be uh, certainly he'll have to put his money where his mouth is and see if everything that he said and the sort of was spinning there on the campaign trail. Uh, let's see what the proof is. Right. Uh, Absolutely. Congressman Anthony D'Esposito, thank you so much. And I really appreciate you being here on this busy news night. Thank you very, very much. Bye-bye. Thank you. And everybody, after the break, we are going to talk with Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis of New York. She's going to join us after the break. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Breaking news. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, again, the third congressional district in New York, there was a special election and it was the George Santos seat. Now it has flipped to a Democrat, Tom Suozzi. And joining us now is New York Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis. Uh, Congresswoman, we just have a few minutes, and I'm so grateful on this busy news night. Your reaction to, uh, obviously, uh, disappointing news for the Republicans. Yeah, look, it's obviously disappointing, and um, it really, I think, is unfortunate because at a time when we really needed to send a strong message to the mayor and the governor who are continuing these crazy policies of cutting funding from citizens to be able to support this ongoing illegal immigration, incentivizing it further, uh, I I thought we needed – you know, these counties to come out strong and send a clear message that enough was enough and we're tired of it. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. Um, And I think a lot of the thing is, Rita, you know, Tom Suozzi was established. He had a name. He had served in Congress previously. He was also the county executive in Nassau County, where, you know, Mozzie Pillup was a new new leader. She was serving in the county legislature, maybe not as obviously not as well known. And I think that the the Democrats spending so much more money, um, it was hard for her to break through and 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 really get people to know her during this short period of this uh, special election. Yeah, I think you're right. And if you look at some of the numbers, the spending, it was uh, at least two to one uh, in terms of ads by the Democrats versus the Republicans. Just like you said, she was a newcomer county legislator. Great life story. But you're right. Uh, Tom Swazi, having been the congressman there three times already, he was known already to the community. What what do you think? 
went wrong? Was there anything with weather? What do you think it is? And if you look at the exit polls, they did people did care, truly care about border and immigration. Uh, they soundedly did say, yeah, that was a major issue for them. Well, look, I think there's always look. There'll be a obviously people will be evaluating every single component of this. I think at the end of the day. The weather did have some impact uh, because Republicans do rely mostly on Election Day for their votes, where Democrats uh, also rely on um, absentee ballots and early voting. Uh, I, I think, again, it was more that Mozzie was not as well known and it was a short election period because it was special uh, and that the Democrats had to spend $25 million for a seat that is a Democrat-leaning seat. Remember, this was a seat that Swazi held for quite some time. It flipped in a good year for Republicans, um, but at the end of the day, it was still a Democrat-rated seat. And so the fact that they had to spend so much money to get this seat, I think also uh, fares okay for Republicans for November. I think at the end of the day, we'll see hopefully the seat flip back in November uh, when we have a presidential year, we'll have solid turnout. As you know, Nassau County has been flipping a lot of uh, a lot of seats from Democrat to Republican over the last two cycles. They took the county executive, the district attorney, the county legislature. They flipped a whole slew of local you know, town supervisor type uh, races. So this was, I think, an anomaly and a surprise for Republicans. They certainly didn't expect um Swazi to also win Nassau County. But again, he had served as the county legislator there. Uh, so that could be a reason why it was it was kind of like one of these races where, you know, it was a devil, you know, devil, you don't know. They may not like Swazi so much, but they knew him more than uh, Mazi Pillup. And, and, and they know that Swazi did never embarrass them like George Santos had done. So I think maybe they felt a little more comfortable with him. That could also be something. But again, this is just my analysis looking from the sidelines all the way in Staten Island. And by the way, we just have literally about 15, 20 seconds left. Uh, The impeachment of Mayorkas, it's done. Look, Mayorkas is impeached. Why? Because he did not follow the law. He actually encouraged CBP agents to not deport individuals, even if they were convicted of crimes. Uh, This is just the beginning. We need to get uh, the president to reinstate remain in mexico it may have to be a new president altogether we're not going to get that from biden so if we can't pass legislation to require him to use his discretion that he has because right now he's not using that discretion no that's and that's part of the problem absolutely that is correct uh nicole maliotakis the great congresswoman thank you very much we appreciate it thank you Cosby is on. us here on the Rita Cosby show on what an action packed news night it is. Tom Swazi, the Democrat, is getting back his seat in the third congressional district. He had been a congressman there 
for three terms. Then he left to run for governor against Kathy Hochul, lost in the primary, and he tried to regain his seat. He did in the special election. Now, he holds the seat. This is the George Santos seat. Of course, he was expelled for all of these issues of fraud and so much more. And now Swazi, the Democrat, flips the seat, which is very pivotal at a time where the margin is razor thin for the Republican lead in the House of Representatives. Now, the Democrats have one more seat adding to their number. They still are in the minority and the majority is still the GOP, but it narrows the gap and every vote has been razor thin. And also, uh, the Democrats typically all vote in lockstep, as we have seen. And that was one of the issues that Mozzie Pillar brought up against Tom Swazi, saying every time he voted with Joe Biden when he was in Congress, he will probably do so again. And it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Congressman D. Esposito brought this up. Also, we heard from Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis in the last few minutes, and both of them were saying, now let's see what he does. He says he is not in lockstep with President Biden, and in fact, he didn't want him to campaign for him. He didn't want him to come to the district. He barely mentioned his name. He tried to separate himself very much from President Biden, especially when it came to the issue of the border, knowing that many people, Republicans, Democrats, independents, want to see the border sealed and want to see at least people vetted who are coming in. And so Swazi was trying to sort of thread that needle, as you saw in the campaign, very carefully saying that he wanted to do different things to protect the border than President Biden. But now let's see what he does. Now that he's going to Congress, short term at least, let's see what he does, what kind of a track record he produces if he will actually vote the way that he was campaigning as being, quote, an independent Democrat. Let's see what happens. But also, remember, he has won the special election. That means that he keeps the seat until George Santos's term ran out, and that would have been at the beginning of January. There will be an election in November. So this is only a temporary placeholder. But what it does do is give the person who wins this a big leg up. In other words, obviously, if the person who wins the seat, they're sort of sitting there as an incumbent, if you will, even though they're a temporary placeholder, they are sitting there and it definitely gives them a leg up in November. But as you just heard from Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis, there may be a lot to watch now his voting behavior. He campaigned a certain way. Let's see if he lives up to it on key votes between now and November. Also, will the GOP put Mozzie Pillup up again, or will they put somebody else up against Swazi in November? They could put up a different candidate. They could put her up again. It is also a time for an election year, a presidential election year. So that makes it more interesting and often more favorable for Republicans as well. So there's a lot of different factors that come into play. And Swazi could be there only until November or actually January because his term would end in January or he could continue on. But it is a very interesting, interesting result tonight with Tom Swazi beating Mozzie Pillup so far right now with a majority, of course, of the votes in. The race has been called. She has conceded. And the margin right now 
is about like eight or nine percentage points, which is a decent lead, of course, for Tom Swasey. And it is official. So it certainly narrows the gap for Republicans in the House of Representatives. And boy, it could not have come at a more pivotal time because only hours ago, Republicans anticipating that if Swazi were to have won this and if he got sworn in almost immediately, then they would not have had the votes to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas. And that's why this night has been an action-packed news night because only about an hour or so before the polls closed, they voted to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas in the GOP-led House of Representatives. The vote was 214 to 213. And again, he becomes, this is the second time in history that a cabinet secretary has been impeached. Two articles of impeachment will now get sent over to the Senate, which they will likely dismiss because it is a Democratic led Senate, as we know. But you never know. We'll see what happens when it gets there. But likely they will just shoot it out, not even allow a trial. They'll probably just dismiss it. But it does go down in history with an asterisk next to his name that he has now been officially impeached for his behavior or lack thereof towards our border. Here is that historic vote uh, just a little bit ago. And listen to the House voting to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas. On this vote, the yeas are 214 and the nays are 213. The resolution is adopted. Pursuant to Section 2A of House Resolution 996, House Resolution 995 is hereby adopted. Hereby adopted, and that was the second try with the border and immigration. Huge issues. By the way, earlier today on Cats and Cosby, John Katzmatidis and I talked to John Solomon, the great investigative journalist, and he brought up something interesting that the House will also add an article of impeachment in the inquiry against President Biden. Listen to this one. Well, listen, I think they're going to eventually escalate the impeachment proceedings. First tonight, they're going to try to impeach for a second time. Mayorkas, they fell a vote short last time. This time, I think they'll uh, end up with one vote more. And Mayorkas' impeachment will advance to the Senate, meaning the Senate has to do something. And there'll be prosecutors appointed or what we call House managers appointed for that proceeding. Today, I had Jim Banks on. Jim Banks is a very influential member of Congress because he used to run the Republican Study Committee, the Ideas Machine of the House Republican Caucus. And he said, listen, I'm going to tell you something. In a little bit, you're going to see the House impeachment inquiry to say it's not just about the corruption. It's also about keeping the border open and that we're going to add an article of impeachment to Joe Biden's case over the border so that he and Mayorkas are treated equally on the border. Why is that important? Because the Chinese, the very people who were uh, paying Hunter Biden's uh, uh, money during this time frame, starting in 15 through 17, They're sending a large number of these young male military age men across our border. I think 24,000 of them in the last year, which is like 1,000 times higher than any prior year in American history. Uh, You're going to see the impeachment inquiry tie the, the Chinese grift or the Chinese influence peddling into the issues of the border. That's something Jim Banks brought out today on my podcast. I think that's where it goes. I think the border collapses with corruption. And there's a big discussion in the spring and summer about Joe Biden's record. And Congresswoman Beth Van Dyne said that no doubt the border will be a big issue 
come this November election, because look what Joe Biden has done under his presidency. Well, listen, I think they're going to eventually escalate the impeachment proceedings. First tonight, they're going to try to impeach for a second time. Mayorkas, they fell a vote short last time. This time, I think they'll uh, end up with one vote more. And Mayorkas' impeachment will advance to the Senate, meaning the Senate has to do something. And there'll be prosecutors appointed or what we call House managers appointed for that proceeding. Today, I had Jim Banks on. Jim Banks is a very influential member of Congress because he used to run the Republican Study Committee, the Ideas Machine. And that was so good, we played it twice. That was John Solomon again. But here is Beth Van Dyne, the congresswoman from Texas, and listen to what she had to say about the president. The numbers that you're talking about, the 5,000, that that, would be, that we have worse numbers now under the Trump administration, it was less than 1,000. They want to codify 5,000 and make that normal. Do the math. That's 2 million people nearly coming through our borders illegally every year. That is not enforcing our laws. That is not shutting down our border. That's not actually listening to asylum claims where 80 to 90 percent of those who make the asylum claims actually don't even, uh, don't even fit the rules for laws for asylum. But what that is doing is allowing up to 5,000 people, and actually it's even more than that, 5,000 on average a week, but it was 8,500 in a day could come before those laws were triggered, before those limits were triggered. That is not that is not closing. That is not closing our borders. That is not enforcing our laws. And borders was that was an enormous issue. You look at the exit polls from the big election again tonight, the special election in New York. And here is what Mozzie Pillip said earlier today. She did an interview with our own Rudy Giuliani. And this is where she talked about her issue was security, security, security. Voting for me meant to vote to secure our borders, to finish the migrant crisis. Voting for me means to be tough on the crime and support law enforcement. Voting for me, it means that, uh, you know, to vote to improve our economy. Voting for me, it means to bring common sense government that works for the people. And unfortunately, Mazi did lose just a little bit ago. Tom Swazi takes the seat back. Then it becomes a Democratic seat. By the way, now the margin in the House, it was 212 to 219. Now it becomes 213 for the Democrats. Still, the GOP controls the House, 219. But there's a number of vacant seats, uh, as you just saw with this Mayorkas vote. Literally, Steve Scalise left his cancer treatments to come do the vote. And it just passed 214 to 213. That's also because three Republicans Again, this very same ones, McClintock, Gallagher, and Ken Buck voted against impeachment because they do not believe in impeaching a cabinet secretary. They thought the term impeachment has been sort of cheapened. I would say the Democrats have definitely done a good job of cheapening it. Um, That is for sure with all the things that they have done against President Trump. But that was part of the reason the vote was so razor thin there in the House. Let's take your calls on this big news night. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Susan in upstate New York. Susan, your thoughts tonight. Uh, Very disappointing. And, you know, I do believe this Mozzie is a very stellar individual in so many ways. But she was a very poor candidate. Her articulation of the even of the the main issue with immigration, all she had to do, especially with NASA, she didn't even get the base. Now, it, it, just to say, 
President Trump's policies are what we need to go back to. She was very lukewarm. She barely could spit it out today with uh, Rudy Giuliani that, you know, uh, that that she would, you know, support him, uh, blah, blah, blah. I mean, today she's finding she's going to support him. When Nassau, wasn't that the place they had that caravan, those big rallies? And um, and I just think that she did not she did not come out hard hitting enough against Biden's disastrous administration, uh, the border. Yes. But what about the debt? What about the two and a half uh, trillion dollars uh, a year of deficits piling up? She was too weak, didn't have the fire in the belly, was a Democrat. Yeah, she, you're right. Now, let me ask you, Susan, do you think part of that was the communication skills? Remember, uh, she was born in Ethiopia, uh, you know, I, uh, and as you just talked about, her amazing life story. And then you had a very sort of slick politician with Swazi on the other side. Real quick, your thoughts on that. Completely. Well, I mean, this is, look at, if Santos got that seat because he was MAGA, he was a little jerk. Now, you know, so we can't get somebody better. I hope they do not run her again because she did not have the fire in the belly that our country is at stake on so many levels. Now, so, so Swazi is going to just let all these gang members come in because he won't, you know, uh, evoke uh, um, ICE. So these people that live out there, they couldn't understand. Um, she, she was not hard-hitting enough. I'm sorry. And Peter King, you know, he's so lukewarm right now on, on Trump. So maybe that had influence on her. It's just very disappointing. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that she should have had more fire in the belly. I think some of it was her communication skills, maybe the language skills. Some of it was also she is new uh, to politics and, you know, fairly new. She hasn't been in that long as a county legislator. I will say an unbelievably impressive story. Someone who obviously clearly cares about the country. It was interesting to hear an immigrant say, listen, we want people to come here legally. Uh, but I think she could have been a lot more forceful. I do agree with you in that regard, Susan, too. I do. I hear you on that because it is people are angry and frustrated right now. And I think she didn't communicate that as effectively as I think she could have. And maybe it was the language skills. Maybe it was the new to politics. There's a lot of reasons, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of uh, soul searching after this one. And just like you said, there's an opportunity in November, whether it's her or someone else. Um, Susan, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Always great to hear from you. And now let's go to our Support Our Heroes segment. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And this is the Tunnel to Towers Foundation Support Our Heroes segment with a very powerful story coming from Grand Rapids, Michigan, where a 101-year-old World War II Air Force veteran was honored for his military service 
with a special ceremony. Air Force veteran Ivan Woody Woodard worked at Willow Run near Ypsilanti, Ypsilanti, I should say. I know folks in Ypsilanti there, Michigan, with the Rosie the Riveters of World War II, building B-24 bombers from 1942 to 1943 when he was drafted. The veteran recalled their twin engine. They were training for bomber pilots. I was trained as an Air Force mechanic, and I did mechanic work. It was easy. I was well-trained, and I was honored to serve my country. He then served in the Air Force as an airplane mechanic until his honorable discharge in 1946. He received recently a special veteran pin. There was a full house there to honor him and a certificate recognizing his great service in the U.S. Army Air Forces and also a star from a retired American flag. By the way, this veteran has 19 grandkids, 20 great-grandkids, and two great-great-grandkids. And we are obviously so grateful to this great American and a member, as we're on the great-great part, of the greatest generation. How beautiful is that? He has certainly had a life well-lived at 101 years old. And everybody, America's heroes need your help. All you have to do is donate $11 a month to the Great Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Simply go to T2T.org, T2T.org. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show. And what a busy news night here on The Rita Cosby Show. Alejandro Mayorkas, the Homeland Security Secretary, has been impeached for his mishandling of the border and what Republicans say are misrepresentations before Congress, and also Democrat Tom Suozzi takes back his seat, New York's third congressional district. He is there short term, at least until the end of the Santos term, which is January. And again, November, Republicans will have another crack at that seat. But boy, what a busy news night it has been. Let's go to Jacqueline, line two. Jacqueline, your thoughts about tonight? Hi, Rita. You know, I have a lot of thoughts about tonight, and I hope I'll be able to make them. Last night, the clock got a hold of me. Uh, Peter King and, and Nicole Maliotakis said that uh, they need to evaluate what happened in this race. There is nothing to evaluate. The Rhino Republicans handed this most critical congressional seat over to the Democrats. Uh, they're stating nothing but empty excuses. Congressman D'Esposito is completely wrong. He and the other Republicans who voted to get rid of Santos need to go. This was not the time to take a stand and be holier than thou. Not when the Republicans held a whisper of a margin. These rhinos play to lose. They don't play to win. Now they put us all in a position to give back total control to the Democrats again. And God bless Steve Scalise. He's a great American and a patriot who nearly lost his life because of the work he does for the American people. And God bless him in his battle now that he's facing with his health issues. 